Welcome to Click Connect. I'm your host, Craig Sullivan. We've got another industry leader for you today, a good friend. But before we bring him out, I would like to thank our production partners, Radisson Hotels of the Americas and our friends at Chicago Title National Commercial Services Group, California. Hey, if you're looking for a new brand, give our friends at Radisson a call. And if you want to get your real estate transactions closed on time, call our friends over at Chicago Title National Commercial Services Group. Thank them both for being a part of our shows this season. They've both been great to work with, and they'll be great for you as well. So with that done, we have the one, the only, Mr. Mark Chrissy. He is the Chief Investment Officer of Azul Hospitality Group. This is a California group that has about 26 hotels. Food and beverage is a huge part of their business as well. And you know what? Azul brings a plethora of service and expertise to the market. If you're not paying attention to what they're doing, you're way behind. So with that, let me welcome Mark to the show. Mark, how are you, buddy? Hey, Craig. How you doing? Great to see you again, as always. Great seeing you. For the one or two people that are out there that may not know you, would you tell them about yourself and Azul Hospitality, please? Sure. I'm, I'm sure there's more than one or two. So, uh, <laughs> no, uh, Azul Hospitality Group, just in a, in a quick nutshell, uh, we are a third-party management platform. We've kept it third-party uh, by design. Um, there's been obviously a lot of consolidation in the third-party business. So, we feel like being West Coast based and, and having quite a bit of uh, exposure and assets on the West Coast, we feel like uh, you know it's a big advantage for us. Um, started about 15 years ago by two gentlemen, Rick Manser and Doug Liber, two of the greatest human beings, uh, in my opinion, that are on this earth and just great, great friends, just really, really just great people. And uh, grown com really completely organically. Um, I. I'll correct you a little bit on the the, the uh, your opening monologue, but we're actually up to our hotel counts up into the mid forties now, with wow. a little over six thousand rooms. Yeah, so we we were one of the few companies, or not few, but one of the companies that had the good fortune of actually being able to kind of expand and grow through COVID, which uh, obviously was very challenging for all of us. So, um, but in a nutshell, and and you know we're very relationship focused group. A lot of people ask us how big we want to get or how many properties we want to have. It's never about property amount or property size we're, we're it's always about number of relationships and as long as we can grow with the right owners and the right people um that's kind of growth we're looking for so that's that's it in a nutshell nice so you know 40 plus hotels at this point congratulations and i yeah we're all coming off a very rough two and a half years and you and i were talking or at least trying to talk during the pandemic at its height and, you know, you were constantly putting up fires and, and being on top of things, as I'm sure the entire team was. So I think we can all say that's behind us. You know, we've got other challenges. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, but what are you seeing in the California hotel market right now? What are you seeing in reference to transactions? What are some of the things that you're being asked for as a third-party management company, and you, and you've got a, 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 you're working with all the major brands. So I mean, things have got to be different from one to the other, obviously. But what what's going on with you guys, and what are you seeing in the California hotel market? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I think we 
as a platform, because we refer to Azul as a platform, we probably come at things a little bit differently. So we get involved when one of our partners or potential partners is looking at a new acquisition or a new development, believe it or not, you know, we were very active in new development and adaptive reuse pre-COVID. And a lot of those projects are now kind of getting re-going again, you know, because now it's probably a real, if you can, if you can find the financing at, you know, you know, acceptable terms and it now is probably a pretty good time to, you know, be in the ground and get something over here in the next, you know, 18, 24, 36 months. But we get involved um, very much in the beginning, early stages of those of those types of transactions. So to, to apply it to your question directly, there's obviously a lot of people out looking at existing inventory, a lot of stuff coming to the market for a multitude of different reasons. And so we're we're, we're brought into a lot of the analysis portion of that early on. You know, hey, this is the guidance. Um, this is the brand. This is the current programming. What do you guys think? What do you think of, you know, you know, the, the, the transaction at this basis, you know, what does it look like over the next five years? Would we do something different? Would we reprogram it? Would we come at, you know, we're very, as you, Craig, as you know, we're very lifestyle oriented. So we're very comfortable in food and beverage and and really believe in, in hotel based food and beverages being a driver of revenue. So that's when all those types of analysis and, and, you know, decisions are made. So, so we're getting involved in a lot of that right now because there is a lot of inventory hitting the market. Um, so that's, I think that that activity levels really, really picked up here, especially in the last, I'd say 90 days. It's been, it's been pretty amazing. Um, Absolutely. I, you know, we had record sales at retail pricing and above, you know, last year. Um, yeah. I've mentioned this in the past. We had the, Fashion Island, uh, Marriott trade for over $300 million a year ago. Yeah, they're on, they're doing a major renovation right now. The, the hotel's been closed for at least a year at this point. So I think the ownership group on that gets, you know, lifestyle as well. It's got to be more than just your plain vanilla name any brand. So, you know, with, with that being said, and, and you've got a lending background. When we first met, you were a lender. Um, what are you seeing from the lenders out there when it's coming to a deal? Uh, deal by deal, sponsor by sponsor. There, there's there's a ton of money out there. I, I actually sit on the board of, of a number of different debt funds and so have a lot of visibility into, you know, where where different markets are. And it really, really depends on who's doing it, where it's going, what, you know, what the outlook is in in that particular market or, or that particular region that they're going in. And, and it's just, you know, no two deals are created equal when you're looking at the capitalization side. So um, by a rule of thumb, just based on how challenging some of the, you know, expense variables and some of the inflation variables, we really tend not to gravitate towards a new new development or, you know, even an adaptive reuse unless we see a path to very high 100s or $200 plus ADRs, you know, through stabilization. Um, so we really, you know, try and focus on those. And in those types of transactions, um, you know, there's, there's a ton of, you know, sort of, I'm going to call it non-bank or, or non-traditional financing available for those. And, and, you know, what you're, you're trying to do is you're trying to, you know, put a capital stack together that isn't going to over leverage you um, as you ramp property up. And once you 
you rip the property up, you obviously want to go, um, you know, back out to the markets, but, you know, sort of more traditional, whether it be, you know, insurance company, you know, CMBS is, you know, you know, coming back into the market, regional bank, you know, that you, you look for those. And I think those sources will begin to loosen up more and more as we, you know, sort of continue this progression out of COVID, assuming that there's no, you know, knock on wood, assuming that there's no, you know, other, you know, black swan event or, you know, obviously the world's a little bit of a complicated place right now, but I'm, I'm an optimist. So I'm assuming we're going to continue this, this trajectory out. And I think yeah. if that's the case, then I think you'll see the more traditional sources, you know, come back into the market, which will, you know, be useful, um, you know, once a lot of the projects are working on now are, you know, kind of looking for that permanent, you know, permanent financing piece. I agree with you, my friend. And I, and I think, you know, optimism is, is the key word right now. Um, you know, we certainly got our labor challenges, a few other things escalating, interest rates that we're all anticipating through the rest of the year. Uh, but, you know, I, I, we haven't, we have not, and I've, I, I've been beating this drum for I don't know how long. We have not done a good job of recruiting tomorrow's leaders. And, mm-hmm. you know, you know that that's, you know, one of the pillars with Click that we give back to our trade organizations for their scholarship program so that we can, you know, entice people to, you know, become part of this industry where, you know, you can start at the bottom and end up running a company. You know, we've both got friends. Tom Gachet being one at Davidson was a doorman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Green at Chesapeake, you know, your background in lending. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's an amazing industry and we've got to do a better job on that. But what are you also seeing for labor right now in, in California? It's challenging. I mean, it's getting better. And, but I think to reset it, and I think at um, the recent click event, by the way, fantastic event. Congratulations on getting everybody back in person. It was, it was really, really good to be a part of, but I, I, on the panel I was on, I made a statement and I, and I will say it again here. I think collectively as an industry, we have to make it cool again to be yeah. in our industry, you know, be in the hotel industry, be in the F&B industry. We, we have to create a cachet, come back, and, and, and for all the reasons you described, you know, educate the, the, the young people coming into the workforce now or people, you know, reentering the workforce on why this is such a great industry to be in. And it got, you know, it was a very difficult industry during COVID. It was just, you know, it was very challenging. Everybody was overworked and underpaid. And, you know, we all worked for free for a long period of time because it was the right thing to do. And, you know, so, but I think that collectively as leaders in the industry, we need to send a better message as to the benefits of this industry and working this industry. And I'm starting to slowly see who I consider the, the titans in the industry, you know, the white lodgings, the, you know, the Davidsons, as you mentioned with Tom Cachet, um, you know, I, I talk to my friend Mitch Patel at Vision Hospitality quite often right. you know, when I see him. And same thing. I mean, there has to be a concerted effort, even even though we all compete on some levels. And but we're all you know, we would all benefit from the labor pool growing deeper and, and you know, enlarging as, you know, collectively. Because, again, as I mentioned at Click, look, we can all build and finance these really cool hotels and, yeah. you know, with great bars. But if we don't have people to work at them or we don't have the, you know, the right, you know, culture set, it's it's just, you know, it's going to be a very, very difficult challenge. And, and, and quite frankly, you know, all of our friends at the brand partners, which are, you know, we all have a great relationship with the brands, but 
I would like to see them more active in that recruitment message as well, because yeah. we all stand to benefit from it. So, so to answer your question, I gave you a long answer to your question, but to answer your question, I think it's better than it was, but it still has a long, long way to go. And, and I think we should all reapproach or relook at how we've done, how, how we've made those efforts in the past and say, okay, is it the right way to do it? going forward? I agree with you. And I think we are getting better at it. Um, <laughs> You know, we, we, we had decades, though, unfortunately, that we're going to pay the price for, uh, where we didn't recruit people. We didn't do a good job. And I, I agree with you. I think the brands have to have to take a, a leadership role on that. Um, we do all collectively benefit from this. Mm-hmm. The trade organizations, you know, are trying to do what they can as well. And, you know, something that I think came to the forefront during this pandemic was leadership across the board got closer in most cases we were all suffering okay and it's like okay we need to help one another and you know we're constantly pulling in you know everybody when there's a natural disaster or something else and helping our communities collectively but you know we really came together this time you know where financial meltdowns not so much you know it was, there was there was no empathy amongst us at all in the industry but this time there was it was a global pandemic and all of our trade partners whether it's the airlines the car rental agencies you know the sports and entertainment venues everything movie theaters all shut down so i you know i was very proud of our industry as a whole for pulling together during this time and you guys were you know a huge leader that you know in in this state and others i you know you're nearly 40 hotels got beat up nationally. You got California and Hawaii and various other states. And, you know, very, very difficult for you guys to you know, come through intact and to actually grow. Um, you know, I, you and uh, the people over at Graduate, you know, uh, came out in a better position and they went into it. So, you know, kudos on that. And that comes from you and the management team over or the the leadership team over there. One thing you guys really get right that I like about your company is your food and beverage. You are a lifestyle company, no doubt about it. One of my favorite venues is at your Moxie in the gas lounge. You know, that speakeasy you have and how people try and find it. Get I love sitting in the lobby and watching that, okay? So take us through that. How did you guys decide that F&B was going to be so important to who Azul Hospitality Group is and what's your process of setting up a venue? So it's a good question. I'll, I'll go back a little bit. So I, I am, you know, absolutely blessed to have an operations team that are true operators. And, and so, you know, from Rick Manser and Doug Liber and, and the balance of our regional <laughs> and all of our operational folks, they, they're true operators. They, they grew up, you know, in the business, you know, front desk, you know, back of house kitchens, you know, they, they, so they really, if they, we have a saying, if we haven't made the mistake, we, you know, we've seen it made. And, and then that price said, so, so I have this, this huge advantage as I you know, go out and, and, you know, continue to, to find ways to grow the company that I have a backbone of, of, people that really, really, really understand this business from an operational standpoint. So, and that's such a critical piece when you're talking food and beverage, because 
they they all have pedigree at places that you know had humongous food and beverage numbers and food and beverage offerings and 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 they're passionate about it you know pre-covid you know rick would go over to europe you know two to three times a year not only to, to you know recharge his batteries and decompress a little bit but he would go over and, and and really do a fact finding you know trip on what he saw over there for you know new concepts and new ideas and we we had a couple people on our team that would do that he would come they'd come back from vacations and we'd have you know these big you know kind of you know brainstorm sessions and and those a lot of those ideas of what we see out in the market where we pull different things from different places that would a lot of times you know um you know really be carried through to, to concepts that you know we would execute on here in the us so I think it starts with our our team and their pedigree. Um, and then as we look at, we've always tried to, every project we look at, one of the tenants of Azul is we, we're always trying to figure out ways to add value or create asset value. Because remember, as a as a pure third party, we, we've all been involved in deals and written checks and, and understand that aspect of it. But as a pure third party, one of our tenants is to, to constantly try and provide value and create and, and increase asset value for our owner partners. And so if we can do something creative on the, the food and beverage side that complements what we're trying to do in the hotel, because we're also big believers that really, really good creative food and beverage also increases ADR at the hotel. So we're, we're constantly trying to look for ways to, to infuse that. And what we do, and not only in our soft branded hotels, we, we've actually figured out some really interesting ways to do it in, in the prescriptive brands. And you mentioned the Moxie in San Diego and, and, and you know, that was developed by a, a really great owner partner of ours named J Street Hospitality. I think they're now J Street Space down here in San Diego. And so his, Sajan and his team are very, were very open to ideas and, and the incubation of the Moxie F&B effort actually started before at the courtyard that was right down the street where we he had a rooftop that he really wasn't really sure what to do with and we ended up you know kind of you know convincing him to create a rooftop bar there called the nolan which has been unbelievably successful and it's not that big and you know and if i told you what it does in revenue uh, you wouldn't believe me but it was so that's that's kind of where that fnb you know kind of started and then when when saj went down and developed the moxie and we you know obviously collaborated with him on it we wanted to do something cool, and and so that's how room, the the speakeasy you're speaking of is called Room 56, and that's how that was that was born. And uh, yeah, we, we have some fun with it. So so that's uh, but give you a little idea of how we look at it. But the prescriptive brand, the brands have allowed us some flexibility if we can go to them and make a business case on approaching F and B a little differently, where it's not going to take away from their value proposition of their brands, and we can make it accretive to what the guest is going to you know, experience at our hotel and we can create a situation where it becomes a creative value wise for an owner. That's, you know, you, you're kind of hitting all the, all the right buttons. And so that's kind of how we approach everything we look at. I, I think that's, that's the best course. You know, I, I think the days of incredibly average to good F and B in a hotel are done. Um, you know, everybody's about an experience now. Uh, everybody wants everything at the next level. And you guys have pioneered that. And I think going to Europe and doing these fact finding, you know, missions is, is a great idea. You know, also, you know, whether it's Canada or Mexico, the United States, various other countries as well. And 
That's how you're going to grow. You're going to find something that hits, whether it's a metropolitan area or, say, a rural area if you're doing a ski-in, ski-out resort and, you know, celebrate the area and bring in a taste of the local. And, uh, you know, there's another hotel that's a favorite of mine that, unfortunately, is not one of yours, but <laughs> they do the whole farm-to-table. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they, they celebrate that. They're also, you know, in a county where they're known for oil and farming. Right. So they've got that opportunity there. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, when, when we celebrate the community that we're in and, you know, we become that, that extra bedroom, uh, you know, for the family to stay at and the base camp for everybody and celebrating the community, that's when we're at our best. And I really yeah. enjoy that. And I think that's, you know, in the DNA for you guys. So, yeah. and I agree with you. I think it is experiential. That's, that's what we always look for is to create experiences. I'll give you one, one, if you have Please. time, I'll give you a 30 second uh, example of how we always try and apply that, but intersect it with profitability. So we had, uh, done a Limeridian hotel in the Midwest with a very good capital partner of ours. And, you know, craft cocktails craze was, was hot and heavy, but one of the things that we've always noticed because we're also, we're also big consumers of the spirits that we enjoy. So we, we don't, we don't, we don't, uh, we're not ashamed about that. But one of the things we always noticed about craft cocktail bars is that it took a long time to get drinks yeah. and people were waiting and people got frustrated. So, in this particular venue, we we are one of our you know very creative F and B guys, the guy that leads our concept, and came up with a way to cask the craft cocktail. So we took the time down in, and this was you know eight years ago, nine years ago before. Now now a lot of people do it, but before it was real popular, and it was a way for us to still deliver a great craft cocktail, but lower the amount of time it took for the bartender to execute, and they could you know do right. what, what people expect, but. Rather than waiting 10 minutes for to work through the, the two or three deep, we were able to run through it. So we're always looking for ideas like that to, to maximize. maximize I love it. I yeah, I met one of your bartenders, you know, in room 56. Mm -hmm. And she was going through, you know, all the nuts and bolts and mm -hmm. you know how they were doing everything. And I gotta tell you, it was probably one of the best 45 minute to hour conversations cool. that I had in reference to craft cocktails. I'm so, glad you were able to get in. I'm, I'm glad yeah. you get, it, it, I'm impressed, Craig, that you were able to figure out how to get in there. So, <laughs> yeah. hey, I just put a camera in front of your GM, you know, it's like, <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. we did a whole episode down in San Diego, and yeah, that was that was part of it. So, That's great. all right, my friend, it's time for the lightning round. Are you ready? Think so. All right. Word association, just the first thing that pops into your head. Producer Danny's going to put two minutes on the clock, and we are starting now. Labor. Better. Team. Wait, say that one more time. Team. Team. T-E-A-M? Yep. Uh, fantastic. Amenities. Diverse. Cap rates. Crazy. Ground up or conversion? Both. Revpar. Need more. Uh, favorite airport? San Diego. Tequila or whiskey? Tequila. Favorite hotel or resort? 
Kaloa Landing, Kauai, Hawaii. Nice. Drive <laughs> or fly? That's a tough one. Drive. You did it with 59 seconds left on the clock. There we go. I'm not sure if that's good or bad, but yeah, yeah that's good. That's good. Yep. So, my friend, let's talk about your favorite resort. Mm -hmm. I think there's uh there's a good story in that. Tell us about that hotel. We operate it, obviously. Right. So, exactly. you know, I'm, I, I would a shameless plug, right? But uh, no, it's a it's a resort that we've been involved in from the beginning and uh, owned by a gentleman and family based in Utah. Just great, great group. Um, just really, it's been an honor to, to kind of work with them. And it was originally built um, as 100 rooms and then it expanded to 306. And, and at that point, we affiliated with Autograph and um, it got voted. It's now been voted, I believe it's two years in a row, the best pool in the United States by the USA Today. So it's just a very unique, very magical, you know, place and, uh, you know, very uh, kind of, we call it family cool and uh, yeah. just a really cool hotel. And, and it's been uh, just a, a really successful, you know, venture for them. And it's been a, a great property to be a part of. And just experientially, it's just, you know, everybody that goes out there just comes back and has rave reviews around about it. So it's, it's, it's a, it's a neat, neat property. Well, I know who I'm calling instead of taking my grandson to the Grand Wailea. Uh, you know, I'm calling you. We got, I've got to take him over there. So just, just don't do it in June, July, or August when everybody else calls because that's uh, a little more difficult. No, obviously, exactly yeah. off season for off. sure. Yeah. Well, you're you you know Hawaii, yeah, you know better than I do. So you you know the pockets there. But yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, definitely off season. So. Mm -hmm. My friend, we are out of time. How can people get a hold of you? Time for a shameless plug. Um, probably email mchrissy at azulhg.com is probably the best way. Uh, last name is spelled C-R-I-S-C-I. -S -S uh, so mchrissy at azulhg.com if you want to chat about anything. That's probably the best way to, to, to reach out in today's day, day and age. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Mark, my friend, thank you so much for joining us. You've got an open invitation to come back anytime. Mark has also been a huge part of the California Lodging Investment Conference for the past three years, or three conferences, I should say. And I thank you for all your help and support there. And we'll be having a planning committee meeting soon. Get ready for click six, all new feel and vibe. So can't wait. That's great. Thank Craig. you, my friend. Thanks, Craig. Great seeing you. Appreciate the opportunity. And uh, again, we'll talk to you soon. Definitely. Thank you, our audience, for joining us today. And also, I'd like to thank our production partners one more time, our good friends at Radisson Hotels of the Americas and Chicago Titles National Commercial Services Group, California. It's in the title with them, but they work nationally. And if you're looking for a new brand, eh, give our friends at Radisson a call. They'd love to hear from you. I really want to. Thank Mark again for joining us today. He's a great friend, a great industry leader. We're really, producer Danny and I are doing everything we can to bring you the leaders of our industry in California and a little bit on the national scene as well. But really, we're focusing on California. So thank you for joining us today. And remember to please check us out on all the social media pages and subscribe, like us, and smash those bells so that you know when the new episodes are dropping and you can join us and comment there as well. 
So thank you all very much for that. And remember, be kind, share your knowledge, now go be amazing.